With U.S. employment at a 50-year low, businesses are seeing the need to stand out in a competitive hiring market. One way to stand out is to offer a creative benefits plan that catches the attention of potential hires and encourages your best talent to stay. We reveal some common examples of creative benefits that will make both current and potential employees take notice. Welcome to Benefits Buzz. I'm your host, Kelsey Burgad. With me today is my co-host, Hayden Gothi. Joining us is Brianna Searcy, who is the Chief People Officer at Stone Ridge Software. So Brianna, tell us a little bit about you, your role, and Stone Ridge Software. Well, good morning, and thank you guys for having me here. This is really exciting. Um, So my role at Stone Ridge Software is uh, collectively called Chief People Officer, which um, is really a fancy terminology for just caring about the people who we have on our team um, in the way of providing not only a awesome place to work, but a um, kind of rewarding place at the same time in terms of being able to make an impact on the world, which sounds really big. Um, So my team is primarily responsible for a lot of traditional HR functions, which are recruiting, career pathing, performance management, compensation, benefits, and our overall culture and engagement are kind of the elements that roll up into our world. I've been with the team for about two and a half years. Um, It'll be three this December. Um, And in the time that I've been there, I'm really excited to say that we've grown exponentially. Um, In fact, we are tripled what we were when I started even two and a half years ago. So a lot of growth. Very similar to Discovery Benefits. I think we have very similar stats as well. Definitely similar trajectories for sure. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So did you have um, a say in how your compensation and benefits package was put together or was that in place when you started? So when I came in, great question. We had a really amazing benefit offering already in place, thankfully. Um, With the last two years going into the open enrollment as well as benefit selection phase, I've had definitely more of a voice at the table when it comes to those kinds of things. Um, But what I think has been the most interesting is the employee asking and just the variety and offerings that we've been able to adapt to in the last couple of years. So do you typically ask your employees what they're looking for in a benefits package? If they're satisfied with what exists today, what ideas they have, do you survey them? We do um, through a couple of different methods. One, um, anytime we have a team member opt to transition out of Stone Ridge, that's a big part of the uh, exit interview process um, is focusing on the benefit offerings. Um, The second way that we keep a pulse is through an employee engagement survey that we launch weekly. And uh, part of that is um, out of the box questions that are connected to benefits. But we also have the flexibility to insert very specific questions, be it what offerings would you like to see this next year, where we can get some pretty concentrated feedback from the team on any potential new offerings going into a new year. Weekly, that's very cool that you survey your employees that often to ask those types of questions. It can feel intense. Um, The benefit, uh, speaking of benefits, is it's five questions per week that on average, takes someone less than 90 seconds to complete the survey. So it's not a huge time commitment either. Very cool. How did you get to that point where you were doing like the shorter, more regular surveys? Was that something where you or the people on your team were looking at participation just within your group? Was it something you had read about online? 
you know, how did you evolve to that point? Because I don't think that most, you know, surveys of employees probably look like that. Most surveys, it's a great point. Anytime we're introducing the activity with our new team members, it is most folks will say, oh, I get an annual SAT survey. And it was through a little bit of just shopping through a, a few different vendors where we really fell in love with uh, Office Vibe is the name of the product that we use, where it is just this weekly cadence of, of checking in and being able to collect more real-time information, um, which was part of the strategy I think that we had at the time of understanding more collectively as our business like discovery was rapidly changing on a weekly, monthly basis where we felt like we needed more real-time data versus annual. What's something you learned from those surveys that shocked you? Oh, great question. Um, we've used it a lot in the way of, of really trying to wrap our arms around hiring needs. If people are working a lot of hours and feeling potential burnout, that's been an area that we've been really able to, at least from my world, rely on and say, hey, we need to add to this specific team. Um, you know, the other maybe more um, earth moving types of, of feedback is in the way of one-on-ones and ensuring that those are actually happening. You know, I think our managers are all busy people, whether it's at Stone Ridge Discovery or any business and one-on-ones are oftentimes the, the thing that can get snoozed or put on the back burner. And so that's been pretty eye-opening that they are significantly important and they are something that needs to continue to happen on a pretty predictable and regular basis. Uh, so just ensuring that those continue to happen and that we continue to champion those conversations has been pretty important as well. That is so true. I mean, I think from my own personal perspective too, in roles that I've had in the past, one-on-ones weren't a thing. Mm -hmm. And when I came to Discovery Benefits, I was like, what's a one-on-one? -on -one? Like, what is this? <laughs> and how does this work? So it's so interesting that, you know, they make such a big impact, but people don't think of them as a benefit. Totally. At their company, because they really are. And I think too, one-on-ones are oftentimes given a bad rap that they have to be 100% focused on the work and the day-to-day -day and the tasks that are being accomplished. And 50% of the one-on-ones that at least I'm having and, and our managers, I hope are having are related to the person and what's motivating for them, whether it's work related or not. And that's been a big revelation too, as part of the feedback via these weekly, weekly pulse checks or surveys. Well, I think one-on-ones too, you know, just thinking about my own experience, like when you're meeting regularly with your supervisor, it's so much easier to buy into like the purpose-driven mindset and the culture. Mm -hmm. Like I had the same experience as Kelsey, like before I came to Discovery Benefits, I didn't know what a one-on-one -on -one was either. And really the only time you've met one-on-one -on -one with your supervisor was either to kick off a project or to do an annual review. 100%, so, yep. You're just getting everybody, I think, on the same page within a company as to what the company's trying to accomplish and then getting the employees to buy into that. I think those you know, one-on-ones are integral to that, wouldn't you say? Supremely important. Yes, agreed. It makes a huge difference in the culture. And it sounds like Discovery Benefits and Stone Ridge Software have very similar cultures. Um, tell us a little bit about the culture that you all have, your benefits package, what that looks like, and how it was developed. So our CEO um, 
has this saying, which I love, uh, Eric Newell, he'll say, I want to be able to offer our team members a benefits package that takes away any sort of concern or worry about having them focus on the work that they're here to do. And so that's kind of been the foundation. Anytime we look at making a benefit change or enhancement, um, our current benefits package is very, very, um, generous in the way that we take care of 100% of our employee health insurance, be it individual or family. Uh, Same thing with dental. Um, Vision insurance is uh, minimal, um, but we, again, want to make sure that we're creating opportunities and offerings that are um, state-of-the-art and and very robust. In addition to that, we do offer uh, an HSA contribution that will vary on several levels. One is individual versus family. The second is we've really started to put a lot of focus in wellness. And so we have different HSA contributions depending on if our team members get annual physicals, which are covered under our current health plan. And so if you get a physical, you get more in your HSA as opposed to if you don't to kind of incent that healthy lifestyle and behavior, which according to studies and stats proves that even that annual check-in with a physician means a lot of good things for employers long-term. Um, outside of those on more of the creative spin of, of things, we did implement shortly after I started an unlimited vacation policy, which has gone over, um, now in two years, very, very well. Um, we offer, uh, paid maternity, paternity and adoption leave for our new moms and dads, which is again, an evolving benefit that we see in the industry. Um, we carve out as well, um, from a budget perspective a year per team member to uh, basically take and do what they want in the learning and development area. So for some folks, that means very quick, kind of immediate bursts of gaining information. And for others, it's more about the long-term strategic play of where they want to grow their career over a, a specific period of time. But every year that that dollar is, is being allocated. Same thing with um, subsidizing what our team members pay for cell phones and home internet. We have a supremely flexible work environment, which means on days like today where we have some snowing and blowing in our area that if if folks want to work from home, they have that choice and option. Um, So we've continued to adapt and evolve, but at its core, those are kind of some of the staples that we continue to hear positive feedback on. It sounds like you have a robust (laughs) benefits package. Um, And I want to dig into some of those elements a little bit deeper, but you know, let's go back to the surveys really quick. When, when you're taking these surveys weekly, What kind of feedback are you getting on those benefits packages? Um, Is there anywhere where you're seeing gaps where employees are like, I could really use this? Or Mm -hmm. um, are they, you know, really happy with what you've got and you're seeing the benefits of that? Highly, highly uh, likely in terms of the responses is to your question or the second part of your question, a lot of gratitude and a lot of, of just thankfulness around the offerings. Um, in the spirit of full transparency, you know, to be able to offer quote unquote free health insurance, um, it does come with a higher deductible, um, which we have hoped to offset, be it the HSA contribution from 
Stone Ridge. Um, so any sort of feedback is people I think who are coming from maybe employers where that deductible is, is less. Um, so we continue to kind of think about different ways that we can offset that. Uh, the biggest thing, as I mentioned, is really this push in health and wellness and bringing that deductible down by incentivizing behaviors that are in the way of creating a long-term healthy plan. Um, so that's maybe the only area of, of opportunity. Um, possibly jumping ahead, um, you know, we, we hear more and more um, as people welcome um, pets into their home and the way that pets have, have become very much part of, of our families is what can we do to help offer support and insurance for our four-legged family members. And so that's something that we've heard throughout the course of, especially the last year that we're, we're looking and, and implementing in 2020. Um, so anything, again, that we can do in the way of the surveys and the feedback to just enhance our current offerings, we're always all ears and willing to investigate and make those changes if, if they make sense. How did the rollout of just looking at one specific that you talked about, how did the rollout of unlimited vacation look? What were the conversations that went into it? What were maybe some of the concerns? Because I'm very interested in hearing more about that. That's a really great question. Um, so when I had I had gone through even the interview process, that was a, a vision and idea that I had brought to the table before I was hired at Stone Ridge. And a lot of the uh, momentum and interest uh, was there from the beginning, which helped kind of catapult the direction that we ended up moving. The biggest thing for any company, I would say, entertaining, making that transition is really discerning those folks who have uh, PTO balances and what you want to do with those as you make the transition. We went back and forth for quite a while in, in the way of do we want to pay out what's been accrued uh, or we want, or do we want to allow folks who have a, a, a bank of time to use that time freely, exhaust it for what it's intended to be it vacations and time away. And we did opt for the, the second choice. And so our rollout was pretty gradual where we communicated the change probably six to eight months in advance to actually making the change. And that really allowed folks who had been on the team for a while and had built up a bank of time to be very intentional about how they exhaust that, knowing that they weren't going to get a, a check or a deposit of, of dollars for that time. Um, and that really was a success. Uh, you know, when you can give folks some leeway in terms of, of making that substantial of a change, um, that went really well. Um, for our more newer team members, I would say it's been very, very uh, positive in the reception. Lots of, of folks who have come in with plans in their personal lives that are on the calendars where they don't have to stress and worry about going negative and any sort of balance or um, not taking that time that they had planned for prior to making a career change. You have a lot of experience in the human resources field. Um, how have you seen employees evolve in terms of balancing employee benefits versus salary? Because one thing that we hear a lot about is that millennials value benefits and having an employer who shows that they care about them more than actual money. Have, have you noticed that in your own time? 
So you're saying I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. I get it. Not, <laughs> as, old as, <laughs> not as old I as was, I am. I was having a conversation yesterday <laughs> with someone new in career and talking about the HR world when we were all paper. And it was, you've got to have a resume tangibly that we can look at. And so, yeah, it's it's evolved quite <laughs> a bit. But, um, you know, in the world of, I would say, employee benefits and certainly the generational differences, which is an area of supreme interest to me, um, there are different needs and preferences and wants depending on where you're at in your career. And um, I say that without any connection to age because I think we, we in terms of, of changes have seen just a shift in folks who have maybe been working for 10, 20 years that are deciding they want to do something different. And that gives, you know, them a, a whole new perspective as compared to some of our newer college grads. But uh, with benefits in particular, I think healthcare continues to be probably one of the top most interested areas um, for folks. And so um, anything that we can do as an employer to make that easy to navigate and less complicated in a world that we all know is pretty complex um, is, is huge. Uh, the other areas that I think have been um, really transformational is um, anything we can do as a, a team member or an employer rather to offset what a lot of our new college grads are incurring in student loans. That's been a big shift in movement that we've started to look into as well. So how can we help them pay off that debt sooner, faster, um, so that they can focus again on the things that will make their world easier and less complex. Um, and then thirdly, is flexibility, which is a, a hard to quantify benefit in the way of we pay this, you get this. Um, but that's been one that with our, again, newer in career, whether they've been working for years or just graduating, people like to have control over where they work and when they work. And productivity quantified in the way of 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. is becoming less of a thing. We have uh, what I call an owl in one of our other locations who does his best work after 10 PM and that's what works for him. So if we can create an environment where you can capitalize on someone's best time of day, that too has been a major shift that I've seen in terms of when I started my career to today. You said that you're really interested in the generational differences mm -hmm. between what people are looking for. Can you elaborate on that? Like what pieces have you seen that are different between each generation? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say uh, change of, of pace is certainly a big one. We look at our workers who are, you know, boomers, Gen Y, you know, they are a little bit more geared and, and motivated by predictability and like knowing things as much ahead of time as possible. And our newer college grads, the Gen Zs and, and, and Xers and, and even what's coming through college today are going to be change junkies. And that that's important, I think, for employers to know from just the consumption of information, but how we approach benefits and compensation, um, comp in particular, you know, the once a year annual adjustment to pay is going to be less enticing and exciting for someone who loves and, and thrives in change. Um, they're going to want more frequent 
cadences. So we're in the process already of working with managers to identify those those team members and budgeting for kind of what we call a traditional year end and maybe a, a mid-year adjustment to keep them engaged and feeling excited about what they're doing. So in terms of, of preferences, I would say change is maybe the biggest theme that I've identified being more of the traditional versus newer generations that are are coming into the workforce. And I think it all comes back to what you said in the beginning, you know, where their health and well-being and, you know, that includes mental health all comes back to how well they perform at work. A hundred percent. And the Absolutely. fact that you all can see that, I mean, I think it's still, we're on the brink of seeing this really blow up in our industry. And the fact that you all have already, you know, implemented all of this and started it from the beginning shows how forward thinking you are as a company. We love to think that certainly, but at the same token, if I can advise anyone thinking about revamping their current offerings is explore and don't be afraid to change. You know, I think that's what we've learned in the couple of years that we've started to really place some extreme focus is what you did yesterday is is not what you have to do today or tomorrow. And there's always room for improvement based on, again, growth and just having people in your org that are very unique human beings. How do you show up and adapt based on each individual? I think some of our listeners, um, you know, because most of the people who listen to our podcast are HR individuals, they might be wondering, you know, how can I get started? Or like there seems like there would be an administrative or financial impact to changing your benefits package like this. What's some small steps that maybe could get them them going? Great question. Um, I love to shop on all areas of, of life. And um, there's, <laughs> Don't we all? there's so much today, thankfully, that's out there. And it's not the big necessarily brands that you traditionally see of and hear of, but really unique startups that are passionate about specific areas and wanting to really influence businesses in a positive way. So maybe a, an easy free step one is just to do some research, get on Google, get on LinkedIn, get just online and see, see what's out there. We've had a ton of success in partnering with a benefits broker that's very cutting edge um, and helpful in, in many ways, not only to when we have these crazy ideas, help us find some options, but they keep us compliant. They keep us um, affordable. Um, so if you can find a good, a good partner in the way of a, a benefits broker, that's another um, huge step in the right direction. And Finally, and probably the, the most importantly is never underestimate the feedback of your people. You know, chances are you've got folks on the team who have come from various industries and companies and backgrounds and have had different um, exposures to other types of benefits using whether it's a formal survey tool or not, but just getting some feedback from the team as to what they would like to see is really an easy and again, low cost or no cost step in, in a forward direction to understand how you can respond based on the needs of the people. So I think one of the things that maybe some of our listeners are thinking is, okay, this is great. All of these creative benefits sound wonderful and we would love to offer these to our employees, but that sounds really expensive or just unattainable in general. Um, what would you say to those people? I would say that's a very natural first impression. 
Anytime that we've entertained bringing in something new outside of the box, the initial reaction from, you know, the decision makers have been, what's the, what's the investment? What's the price tag? What was it? What's this going to cost? And, you know, moving to unlimited vacation, um, you know, as an example, has not financially devastated our business. In fact, it's probably done the opposite. Um, in looking at, you know, new s- offerings in the way of pet insurance in particular, um, it's a, a new listing on our, our benefit summary and it's voluntary and will cost, you know, any one of our team members just under $20 a month. So the investment there to the organization is zero. The investment is on the employer team member and the engagement and satisfaction that they feel knowing that this person or pet, I should say, um, they're people too. They're people too, (laughs) um, are being, you know, better cared for and, and looked out for that just drives that engagement level higher and higher, which in many ways connects to retention at the same token, which again, in quantitative financial measures, pays off more than, than the investment. So my advice would be to do the, do the homework, do the shopping, um, look at the, the, the numbers. Um, but also don't be afraid to go back to the statistics of what turnover costs. Those are also some stark numbers, um, that carry some significant weight and doing a little will often pay off by, by doing, um, doing a little, I should say, will do a lot in the big picture. So I don't know the stats off the top of my head, Hayden, maybe you do, but I think it's in the thousands of dollars that it costs to onboard a new employee versus retaining I, I the ones you have I think it's over today. five digits. Yeah. yeah. I Last think you're looking at over $10,000, uh, right? Easily, easily. Yep. I think it was around 15. Yes. It's, it's definitely even North of there, I would say, depending oh, really? on the role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, depending on the skill set, how much training mm-hmm. is involved, the time it takes to get up and running. I mean, that's a big, a big cost. I like to think too, if you can be an offer letter next to another company's offer letter in front of a candidate and you've got a unique recipe of offerings in the way of benefits that differentiate you from another employer that's either cost neutral or cost indifferent to you as the business, as the job seeker, nine times out of 10, I would feel like I'm going to go that route in terms of just the contemporary approach to how that company approaches benefit offerings in particular. Discovery Benefits, a WEX company, is in the business of simplifying the world of employee benefits. Although we hope our podcast sparks some aha moments, we cannot provide legal, investment, or financial advice related to the plans we administer, and nothing shared in this podcast should be interpreted as such. We encourage you to seek appropriate professional advice regarding your plans.